Okay, we are back here with Representative Colleen Sullivan Leonard. Hello, Representative Colleen Sullivan Leonard. Hey, good morning. Do you like Su- Sullivan Leonard or just Leonard or is it? Either one. It's kind of a lot. Yeah. To, it's a mouthful. Is it? It's okay. We're, I mean, think of JKT. But he's, Jonathan Kreese Thomas. He's, he's got the abbreviation. He's like that <laughs> Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez. They call her AOC now. Right. What would they, you be? C- he S- calls me CSL. CSL. Yeah. I say, hey, JKT. He says, hey, CSL. That sounds like... um. Something dangerous, like grab the CSL, Ooh, you know, like a, could be like a weapon or something. <laughs> so we're here on the fourth floor, which I've told people since I've been spending time in the Capitol, my favorite floor, the party floor, the action floor. And the best part about it is the view. And look at your view. <clears throat> yeah, it's fantastic. You know, it's never a bad day in Juno. It's absolutely beautiful. So, so. I want to start with your office here. Four, sure. 420. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I uh, immediately noticed that. Have you yeah, heard? first day I moved in, I got emails and calls. So what can I say? Have you, so you've heard that a lot. You've heard, you've heard a about lot. the 420 reference. Yeah, uh-huh. That's the uh, the weed code. I it think, is. With the, the cops. Did, were you here before last year or is this your first? Um, second session. So um, it's my third year now in this office. So you mm-hmm. first ran for the seat. What year did you first run? Uh, 2017. Oh, so you're, okay. oh, you're kind of kind of new. No, what no, am I no. saying? 2016. 16, yeah. Sorry so. about that. And you had a, um, now you, you, you hold the seat Lynn Gaddis used to have, right? I did. Um, it was kind of a last minute um, jump in uh, to run for office. Um, I was heading out of the country, actually, for my son's wedding. Oh, and, where at? Uh, uh, Punta Cana. Oh, I, I, was, so, I was there for a wedding in March 2017. Oh, is that right? Yeah, my friend got married there. Oh my gosh, beautiful. It was. Absolutely beautiful. It, the Dominican Republic, uh, it was fun. Yeah. Oh, we had a fantastic time. So I put my name in and uh, traveled abroad. And, and then as I was uh, over in Punta Cana, then I found out that that uh, my name was in and that Lynn Gaddis then had um, jumped to the Senate seat to run in that spot. So it worked out real well. So you were kind of, were you running against Lynn? For- nope, nope. I had no intention to run against her. But uh, I had heard inklings that she wanted to run for Senate. I remember, so. I remember that at the time that was the kind of the, the, the gossip around I like Lynn a lot. She's, oh yeah, she and I are very like minded, so she, I wouldn't I wouldn't run against her. She's good people. So yeah, um, you 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 had run before for office, or I've been in public service since 1999. So I was on the planning commission for Wasilla for a few years, and then um, at that time Sarah Palin was mayor, and she said, "Why don't you run for city council?" Which I did, and and won, and so I served on city council. Oh, were, you, were you there with a guy named Noel Lowe? Yeah, he's yeah. a buddy of mine. Is that right? Yeah, he owns the pawn shops. Oh, my he's fr- a great guy. My friend's business partners with him, and he's awesome. Mm-hmm. He, uh, mm-hmm. he, always- he was a great colleague. One of those that really smart, real sharp. He'd come in, hadn't even read the agenda. He'd come in, take a quick glance, he knew exactly he's, what was he's happening. Extremely high guy fu- is- extremely high functioning. Oh, I mean, his, his mind is something. Very smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, they own the uh, yeah. Alaska Fast Cash. That's right. <laughs> those pawn shops there. Um, so you, uh, your name, one of your first name Sullivan that's Mm -hmm. kind of a big name here in Alaska politics you're the sister of former mayor Dan Sullivan right Mm -hmm. and Casey Sullivan Mm -hmm. and what's Tim is Tim your uh Tim from the railroad is my nephew and then I have my brother Tim who is retired I have seven brothers and one sister so you grew up and your dad was your your dad was mayor too right 
Yeah, yeah. Ever since I was like in second grade, he was mayor for all my years growing up. So did so. you have a, when you were kind of young, I want to be in politics like my Not dad? Not at all. Nothing. Nope, nope, nope. Um, in fact, if anything, we I wanted the opposite. I really didn't see myself in public service at all. And um, no, it wasn't until I moved to Wasilla and, you know, you get to see what that small town looks like and how to how to plan it out a little bit, you know, planning and zoning type issues and kind of got hooked that way. And from there, I worked at the city level and then worked in the legislature in 2003 as a staffer. And after that, you work then, for? I worked for Carl Gatto from Palmer. Oh, he was for nice. a couple of years. I liked him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I met him once. He was. And then from there, I worked for three governors. I worked for Murkowski, Palin, and Parnell. Oh, Frank the Bank. <laughs> did, you ever, did you ever go on the jet? I did not. Tell you what, though, he was my favorite governor. I like, I've seen him speak. Um, Great man. Mm-hmm. I saw him speak at an event last year, a small, kind of a small. And man, he is like on his game. Mm-hmm. He's just, he's so kind of tuned in and he uh, he's, he's getting old. He's in his 80s, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, he, he mm-hmm. was just, I was just, I was thinking like, wow, this guy, I hope, I hope I'm on that level when I'm 80. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, me too. So what'd you, what'd you do for the governors? The same job or different? Um, I was the Matsu director, actually. And so um, I staffed the governor when they came out to the Matsu Valley, but just really kept abreast of all the different issues going on, whether it was resources, education, uh, worked with the legislators, the local government, um, Rotary, Chambers, all that. So it's currently a little bit of a, I just did a secondary follow-up article on some of the, Len Gaddis being the Matsu director. Ah. A little, little bit of a, I'll send it to you later. You can, you can read it. Sure. It was a great job. That was probably one of my most favorite positions was that. Just getting to know the whole Matsu Valley and working with the governor's office. So Lynn, so. Lynn, Lynn got out and mm-hmm. did you have an opponent? I did. Yeah, I did. Uh, his name was Brandon Montano. Uh, okay, I remember that Nice name. young guy. Um, Democrat or? No, no, Republican for the primary. Oh, okay. And then, uh, and then uh, Sherry Olson was the Democrat for the general election. And so, yeah, you know, just like any election, you work it hard and you get out door to door and that's your, I've, I've, that's your gig. I've so. done it twice, unsuccessfully. <laughs> so so this last time, though, you had no opponent, no general, no I primary. Didn't. You were one mm-hmm. of the, we did one a- of the very few, right? We did a kind of a, after June 1st, Nat Hers and Sarah Erkman Ward, we did like a, a video kind of wrap up of who's who's running. And there was about six people who had no opponent, you know, primary or general. And we did like a little streamers and little, little hey, congratulations. You know? So that must have been nice. You don't have to I worry. I do recall that. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for the shout out. It was you, I think Lyman Hoffman, Neil Foster. Gary Knopp. Gary, yeah. There was mm-hmm. a few others. And um, that must be so nice just not having to worry, worry about it. Well, you know, then you look at the bigger picture. And, and for me, it was how can I help other candidates? Right, yeah. That's, and, that's, and so we did get out and help others. Um, you know, why not, right? Get out, walk door to door, help them with their... Um, their position papers to help them understand, you know, their district. And and that's, that, that's so. why um, either party should always make sure somebody has an opponent because, because if you, if you don't, like you said, you can help other people out. Unless you're a really great candidate and then you don't need an opponent, right? Yeah, that's true. But you know, you never know. I mean, even sometimes people like there's been times where people have, if not had an opponent, if something's happened, they got in trouble, they got, you know, DUI. Uh, like DUI. So you, you always want to have somebody just in case. You always want to do it. But in your case, I mean, if I was you, I wouldn't want it either. Um, so now you've been here for what? This is So you were in the minority mm-hmm. last year. Now, mm-hmm. Minority whole, again. This whole 30-day. Darn it. I know. this, But you're on the finance committee. 
Yeah. It's kind yeah, of, I'm really happy to be there. It's kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. I've worked in government finance for the last, uh, oh gosh, several years from local government on up. So working in the governor's office, I think that helped me a little bit understanding the budget. And so I've been able to just kind of hit the ground running. So how was this whole first 30 days of not organizing and all the back and forth? I mean, it was kind of pretty, I was here, it was pretty intense. Pretty messy, you know, pretty intense, like you've said. Uh, certainly not the way I would have liked to have seen it. Um, especially when you look at the the over the oversight, you know, everybody's won their elections. You've got 23 Republicans here that have won. You've got, you know, the other s- slate of Democrats. We should have had a House majority of 23. Mm-hmm. And for us not to is just, that's probably the most upsetting part of it. You know, if people are going to run as a Republican, be a Republican. You know, work together with a good majority. And instead now we're all split out and... Uh, that's not the way I see government. Yeah, so. I think, I think some a lot of it had to do with you know the last election with Tuckerman being the chair and going after Gabby and Luis and Seton. Seton's not there anymore, but I think he probably <laughs> made him not too happy. Well, you know, and I can understand that, but the other aspect of it is, hey, you know, regardless of what Tuckerman may or may not have done. I didn't do anything to Louise or Gabrielle, so why couldn't we work together as colleagues? Yeah, so that's, you know uh, what I mean? Because there's other people down here, and we've got that common goal of kind of what the Republican platform shows. So again, you know, I'm just going to get back to it. 23 Republicans. So, so Gary Knopp's on the Finance Committee too, right? He is. Mm-hmm. Are you guys kind of are you guys cool or? Oh, we're fine. I'll, yeah, I'll, I've known Gary for a long time. I did a podcast so. with him uh, right after. <clears throat> He came out and, and said he was not going to be a part of the 21 member mm-hmm. member group. But um, Well, just like any representative, we have to answer to our district. And so, you know, Gary will have a feeling um, see that when he goes home and, and tries to get, you know, back entrenched with what's happening there. People will let him understand how they're feeling. I have a feeling he won't be unopposed next time. <laughs> Actually, that, that guy, <laughs> uh, the guy who almost beat Machiki, Ron Gillum, you know. He's a guy oh, who got real know, close in the primary. Yeah, he's actually a really nice guy. He, he I just came, met him the other day. He came out and said that he's running against uh, Gary. Oh, is he really? Yeah, he, he, I, I okay. Right after it happened. He, he can't file yet because it's got to be, I think, 18 months before the election. Yeah, I think it's next so May. It's coming well, up. It's coming following up. May. Mm-hmm. I think it's coming up pretty soon because election's 2020. I'm thinking May then. Yeah, so yeah. I think it's probably almost, maybe he could do it now because it's 18 months before the primary. Almost. So we're, uh, yeah, it's going to be one to watch mm-hmm. i think everybody was kind of shocked myself included i mean i thought machiki was going to get 75 percent you know and he got he like was a few votes well it's been an I it's been on an eye-opener for a lot of candidates i think a lot of legislators and of course i think that's partly why um you know dunlevy got elected as governor too people were looking for that change so what's it like having so, a you guys have a val- How long have you been in the Valley for? You, you grew up in Anchorage, right? I did. Yeah, I was born in Fairbanks, grew up in Anchorage, and then I moved to Wasilla in 1996. Is it your mm-hmm. family or? Um, well, I I met my husband on a blind date. And oh, he, really? he and I um, had kind of this uh, romance where, you know, he lived in Wasilla. I lived in Anchorage. We'd meet in Eagle River. Um, or, or when he was working in Anchorage, we'd meet for a date. And pretty soon it was like, you know, I'm just going to move to Wasilla. Very sta- I've, very standard. I've dated. I dated a girl once in the valley, and mm-hmm. she'd like, "Come, come, come, come over." So come, we just meet Eagle River. <laughs> right. I really don't want to go there. I don't See? drive there. So but, you, uh, went, you went on a blind date. I did a podcast yesterday with Representative <laughs> Briar Hopkins, and he met his fiance on Tinder. Oh my! So gosh. now we see the ge- generational. 
No, because he's Isn't he's that my interesting? Age. Yeah. It's uh, it's more people are meeting on there. It's it's kind of oh Tinder. what eHarmony and no, uh, Tinder. And... T- yeah, Tinder is kind of a little less advanced than eHarmony. It's okay. Basically, it's. Do you know how that works? I don't. You have an app. I used to be on it, but I I got off of it. But you have an app on your phone that's connected uh-huh. to your Facebook. So if you're on Facebook, you download the app, and then you see people, mm-hmm. and you you either swipe left, swipe right. Oh so left my gosh. is no, right is yes. <laughs> now if I swipe right and then she swipes right, we get matched. Mm. And then once you get matched, you can you can you can have a. There's a new one I'm not on called Bumble. Same exact concept, mm. except the woman has to engage, initiate the conversation. Conversation. Well, they have all sorts of dating sites. You've got some for farmers. You've got some for the Christian. They have J-Date, um, too. You know J-Date? That's for Jews. I've never heard that. It's a real thing, J-Date. I'll be darned. Yeah, they have the farmer one. They have uh, Christian Mingle. Mm-hmm. Christian Mingle, yeah. I'm kind of old school. I, I, I was on Tinder for a while, but I, I kind of want to meet somebody like normal. Well, you know, and it's interesting life. because, you know, again, for me... Um, I didn't really have a checklist, and I think that's what people all use these days is kind of a checklist for how they find their their person they want to date, you know. And uh, I don't know. I guess I'm like you. I'm kind of old school. I'd like to meet folks that that uh, are like minded like me, but maybe through circle of friends or networking or something, you know. Who set up the blind date? Actually, it was a friend of mine um, in Anchorage who works at Geneva Woods Pharmacy, and my husband worked there at the time. And um, he was actually supposed to be set up with our friend Terry. And Terry said, no, no, I don't want a blind date. I'm, I'm dating Dave now, and I, I don't want a blind date. And I said, well, he sounds like a nice guy. I'd, I'd love to meet him. And I was a single mama at the time with four kids. And, um, oh, wow. you know, just kind of out there meeting some folks. And um, it was kind of funny. He, um, he called, and uh, we talked for— Before, before the date. Um, before the date. It was like a pre-blind date call. Kind of was. And Ooh. so he called and he, he talked for me, gosh, for like 45 minutes. Just real great conversation, right? And then he says goodbye and I said goodbye. And I'm like, okay, that's really odd, right? Because my friend Renee said, oh, no, he's going to call and ask you out. Well, he didn't ask me out, right? So about an hour goes by and he calls back and he goes, well, he said, that conversation didn't quite end like I thought. He said, I, re- I really would like to take you out for lunch. And I said, you bet. So I was working at Providence Hospital at the time, and he met me there. And so um, that was our blind date. The rest is history. Yeah. Wow. It's a great story. My, my, it's actually my, kind of fun, right? <laughs> my, my, my parents met um, today. Probably get in trouble. But um, my dad was in the Navy for a long uh-huh. time, and he had been back for his sister's wedding. And he was at a bar afterwards. My, my mom was there, and I guess he went up to her, and he said he, he would bet her a dollar. He could kiss her without touching her. And then he kissed her and he said, I lost a bet and he gave her a dollar. Oh, that's cute. Oh, that is really <laughs> that's cute. Really, that's how they met. I mean, that's, yeah. And they've been married 40. That's a pretty good pickup line. I like that. I know. You can't do that these days. You get in trouble. <laughs> they've married 45 years. So, fantastic. It, it, it worked. That was back in the 70s. So, and do your parents live here? No, they live in uh, New Mexico. I was oh. born in San Diego. My dad was mm-hmm. in the Navy 25 years. Oh. They, they were married <clears throat> 12 years before they had kids. And then he retired right after I was born, and we, they, we moved to New Mexico, and I was raised in New Mexico, in Albuquerque. Oh, beautiful. And yeah, Beautiful that, you, town. You been, you been? I have. Yeah, it's a good... It's a yeah, good. I've traveled through Four Corners there, too. New yeah. Mexico, Arizona, Colorado. What am I missing? Uh, ding, what's the ding, last ding, one? Ding. Utah. No, Utah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I've been to Four there, Corners. Yeah. <laughs> it's driving me crazy. I have to look that up. It's driving me crazy. I grew up there. Um, yeah, so I, grew, I moved here in Arkansas? 2000. 
No, it's uh, ah, dread. I'll, I'll Sorry. Google it real quick here. But yeah, no, I, I moved here in 04 um, to Anchorage, and I've been here ever since. Let's see, Four Corners, New Mexico, Arizona, Colorado, and Utah. Yeah. Utah. Oh, Utah. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought it was. We had it right. It's driving me crazy. So, <laughs> what's it like? Uh, you have another Valley governor. We do. Like Palin was the last Valley governor, right? That's so right. So now you got Dunleavy. They're very similar. You know him pretty well? It, it is interesting. You know yeah. Mike pretty well? Um, you know, I do. Um, I've watched him and I started to get to know him when he was on our school board. And um, he attends our church, Sacred Heart Church in Wasilla. So I see him at church often hard as to, well to, with his family. Hard to miss the guy. <laughs> he was on the school board with Lynn Gaddis. Mm-hmm. And um, he, he ran for Senate in 2012 and I ran in 2012 and he ran against um, Menard, Linda Menard mm-hmm. and I ran against Liesl McGuire. So they were both in the coalition. Oh my gosh! So I kind of got to know Mike pretty well back then, and um, he's a good, solid guy. Very, very you know, smart when guy. He, when he tells you he's going to do something, he does it. You know, and he doesn't waver. Um, but what I know about him is he he's got a big heart. You know, and he really loves Alaska. Uh, we just had dinner with him last night at the governor's house, and boy, you know, we've been over there more often than not. And no other governor has invited legislators over like. Like yeah, I've, I've Governor done. Dunleavy is doing, and just having that connection, I think, is really important. Um, yeah, very gracious, very kind. His wife was there, Rose, who I know pretty well too. So, yeah, I've not been to the governor. Was there was there some kind of Occupy thing last night, or was I saw it on Facebook somebody was doing like an Occupy the governors? Is that I thought it was probably nothing, but. I didn't see I that. Wonder, I'm yeah. sorry. I, th- I think it was nothing. That's what I figured. Okay. Some person was. So I'll like, agree with you. It was nothing. We're going to occupy it. I said, oh my gosh, this is, <laughs> this is ridiculous. So um, now they've organized. You're in the finance committee. Mm-hmm. What, what's what are your thoughts on this budget and this dividend? Are the big those are the big issues? Yeah, uh, and I'm I'm kind of you know of the like mind that uh, that I think folks should get their full permanent fund dividend checks. You know, it's how it is in statute, and unless it's changed by the constitution or in statute itself, um, I don't think we should waver from that. What about the ba- the back pay, the the refund, the repayment? Um, it's know. due to the residents, those that are eligible Alaskans. So I would say yes. So what about the the budget? I mean, there's a big he, Dunleavy's budget's kind of quite a bit. It is smaller than oh, the it's, folks yeah. probably want. And and we're really diving into that right now. There are areas that I'm trying to kind of understand. You know what the governor's thoughts are on on why they're changing certain tax structures on the local governments, and then also um, just switching money around. We talked last night, for example, about ADA um, taking two hundred and was it two hundred and fifty million for, for from tax credits, correct, yeah. to pay off some of the tax credits. And so, as we had those conversations, I could understand then that ADA can do that. Um, it's not going to hurt their their bonding authority or their ability to invest further. But it does help us at least to pay off those tax credits, and then we can see if um, the bonding will come through in the next couple of years. Because yeah, there's about a billion of those <clears throat> over, oh, outstanding, and they passed that bond the tax credits. They passed the mm-hmm. bonding bill, which was challenged, and I guess now it's in the Supreme Court. That's correct. Has to rule on it. So I mean, mm-hmm. that was passed last year. Mm-hmm. These things take forever in the courts. Sometimes it's it amazing. Certainly does. It's amazing yeah. how some stuff takes forever, but other stuff. Uh, it's for, like immediate. For example, you know, during what uh, um, the the Pen- Pentagon Papers, mm-hmm. you know, when when they leaked the when the whole thing came out with the um, Ells- Ellsberg and the Washington Post, mm-hmm. I mean, they were in the Supreme Court in like a week after that happened. Amazing how that so, works. I mean, if if they want to move quick, they can. But mm-hmm. That's the judicial system. 
Yep. Um, so what, what are your kind of goal? Do you have any specific goals or bills or anything this well, session? Or? You know, more than anything, finance is time consuming. And, you know, we're doing overviews. We're so much behind uh, what the Senate's been doing. So I've been watching the Senate finance committees. And so as uh, the confirmation hearings are coming through to us with the commissioner designees, we're looking at that. We're looking at the overviews, Department of Education, Department of Revenue, et cetera. And so really just trying to dive into that right now. Um, I have a couple bills. Um, One bill I have that I think is kind of interesting um, is uh, for private police in the state of Alaska. Private police. Private police. What's that? So I looked I looked around um, other states and just trying to see how we could help our public safety here in the state of Alaska. For example, in the Matsu Valley, we're big, we're vast. The number of state troopers we have in the valley, we can't even nearly stretch out thin, en- thin enough to cover. Yesterday in the deep uh, public safety subcommittee in finance, and they're talking about the call-out times in some of these places – Mm-hmm. And, and even even in like the valley um, or rural Alaska, especially it takes but, hours. I mean, yeah, like you're way out there in the middle of nowhere. It takes a long time. Right. So the premise of the bill is that um, there would be a private police force. They would follow all the same standards as the state troopers or local um, police officers. But what it is is they are private. So, for example, Home Depot, they could hire a private police officer to. Um, to have at their store, because what we're hearing is that people are repeatedly, they come in with their shopping cart, they put all this stuff in the cart, and they walk out. Mm-hmm. So they might have a security guard, but they don't they don't stop them due to the liability issues. So it's, it's almost, almost like an enhanced security guard. I would say so, except for you have the same standards you follow as any other police officer. And you would work closely with your local police officers or troopers. So you can arrest, you can arrest like mm-hmm. rest powers? Or? That's correct. I'm guessing yeah. the police aren't a fan. What do the police say about this? Um, I've had some conversations, and, and my discussion with them is that I know you're short-staffed, and I know there's a group of individuals out there, many are actually retired police officers that would like to come back in, but they don't want to come back into public police. So who would, who would pay they for it? Would the, like the Home Depot in this case mm-hmm. pay for it? Or? Yeah, yeah. So, so or if you had a neighborhood that, that wanted to have police um they would actually do it through a homeowners so, association. It would not come from state dollars. So it wouldn't come from tax. tax That's pay. correct. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. It's kind of like a neighborhood watch with a little, 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 little extra. Sure, and they they've done this <laughs> in extra. San Francisco, and they've been very successful. And so what they do is they're actually a complement to the exi- existing uh, police that are there. They work real closely. It, it's just there are areas that maybe everybody can't be at. So do they have a? I would imagine like a, like a limited scope, like if you know you're air, you have Home Depot or you have this homeowner association. I mean, can they go somewhere it, else? And, and they have can the go wherever uh, the person hires them to 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 be. I mean, again, it's a private entity. So would, would they be able to have the same? Let's say Home Depot, for example, hire mm-hmm. them, and let's say they're across town, you know, somewhere else. Would, would would their powers be specific to the place they're hired, or would it be any, anywhere they are, and you know, around town? Oh, well, if they're around town and something happens, they could certainly um, do their duty as a police officer to stop a criminal or whatever. But yeah, but if you're hired for Home De- Home Depot and you have hours of, what, 8 to 8 or something, you're going to be there. Mm-hmm. But again, they have the same powers as any other police yeah, officer. Speaking, We were talking so, about the j- judicial branch before. It takes a long time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, I didn't know this, but a lot of judges, they retire and they get brought back on as uh, like contractors. 
they work they work temporarily to kind of fill fill cases. Mm-hmm. So this is pretty common where a judge will retire and then they'll come back on part time and to kind of fill fill like a docket, which I guess they're still working for the court system, but they're kind of working as a contractor. Actually, that's brilliant. Uh, yeah, they, they you do. You know, because yeah. then you can utilize their talents and all those years of um, and it's cheaper information. You're not, you're, you're not having to pay benefits, and they probably like it too, keeping busy and still working. I did a podcast so. with Nancy Mead. Uh, oh, last she's a week. great lady. Really good mm-hmm. podcast, and mm-hmm. um, she t- told me that in Alaska you get Supreme Court. It's kind of a, a lifetime thing, but you can give uh, retention votes mm-hmm. every six years or four years. I guess I think it's six years. But um, she said you have to, in Alaska, retire when you're 70, Force, forcibly retire. Oh, you know is that, that right? Mandatory, For, huh? Yeah, which huh. the U.S., you know, lifetime. So Don't she, we know that one? We, we, yeah. yeah, we do. Like, Ruth Bader Ginsburg <laughs> is, like, in her 80s. Right. But um, she was saying that that probably was a, a relic of the constitutional, you know, back in 59, 70 was... Old. Old, and now yes. it's not, you know, people love to be 80, 90. So mm. maybe, you, maybe you should look at that. No. Oh, yeah. Like, okay. We, 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 that'd we, be we an should. interesting bill to look at. Yeah. I guess probably it must be in the Constitution. So, I will look yeah, at that, that. That'd be a big. Be a big. I'll talk to Nancy. She's uh, a great, great resource. Talk to her. Yeah. She's she. We had a really good. We talked about court view. And we talked about jury duty. And oh, I'll all, be darned. I see her testifying all the time, and she's a general counsel for the court system for the folks who are listening mm-hmm. that don't know. But yeah, she she was really um another another idea I have, and I'm I'm actually going to write an article on this. This could maybe this could be you. Oh, to do okay. the bill in Alaska, and I, I hate this. You know, we're a one-party consent state. I can mm-hmm. record you. Anybody can record anybody and not tell them. Did you know that? Yes, and that's rotten. Like we need to change that. I mean, mm-hmm. you need to have multiple. You should because you can. I mean, you can set yeah, somebody think up. About or that. You can, think you can, about that. Yeah, it's one-party consent. So yeah. So I, I I think we should definitely change that. I don't know what other states are doing, but hmm. I think if you're going to record somebody, you should tell them, hey, I'm recording you. Like right now, Absolutely. you know, we're, clearly we're, there's microphones in front of us. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I mean, it's just wild to me that you can go and secretly record people. I did not know that. Yeah. So I'm going to, hmm. I'm, I'm actually working on an article on that. Okay. There's uh there's some people who I know that they, they record people and they, they think it's fun. You know, they think they just do it because it's funny or they, they want to see if somebody's going to say something, and I'm like, you should not do that. Oh yeah, try to catch somebody off guard. Yeah, that is that's just not, to do a gotcha. That's, that's not cool. That's rotten stuff. Yeah. So you've been in Juneau for what? Now a couple of years. Mm-hmm. What do you, you like? Juneau? You like you miss oh, the valley? Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, of course I miss home. Does your husband miss come, my family? Does he come down or? A little bit. He's pretty busy with his work too. Um, I have seven kids and seven grandbabies. You have seven so, kids. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I try to get home when I can. I've got little grandbabies that are just starting to walk and. You know, others that are two months old. And so, you know, you don't want to miss out on those growing. How, how many siblings times. do you have? Um, I have seven brothers and one sister. So you, you have kind of grew up with a lot of. Yeah. I just have one sister. Wow, seven. Is that right? Yeah, I just lost uh, my brother Michael this past November. I know, I, I heard about that. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. I didn't know him, but everybody said he was, he was real Really cool. good guy. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. I, I ran right into your brother and... Uh, Few, few months ago, and said mm-hmm. I was real, it was right after it happened. Said I was real sorry. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I, heard, I heard he was real good, good, good dude. Thank you. Yeah. So when you come from a large family, it's tough sometimes. But uh, but I'll tell you what, growing up with a large family though on the other side is fantastic. You know. Probably no shortage of of uh, fun at Thanksgiving. We or... do. Yeah. We <clears throat> get, How big we... are your Thanksgivings? The Sullivan Thanksgiving. There well, it, we kind of divide it out. Um, I usually throw the dinner, and we'll just see who comes to Wasilla and. 
Some some can travel and others don't, but usually I have a full table. Usually we just overflow with folks. But we get together quarterly with so many birthdays and events and stuff. We all try to at least get together and connect. Very kind of Irish Irish, Irish Catholic, is that right? Sullivan? Oh, you bet. Sullivan. Yeah, it's next like, weekend's my weekend. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's St. Patty's Day. My, my grandpa, my parents are from Chicago. My mom's, uh, my mom's maiden name is Moran. So he was, he ah. was very Irish and he, he used to, um, he died, died when I was pretty young, but I, I guess on St. Patrick's, he used to, he used to have a good time. He used to <laughs> really enjoy it in Chicago. My favorite holiday. That's so all I can say. Your, your dad, he, mm-hmm. he, he moved, they moved here. He moved here right, to Alaska. Or was he? My father? Yeah. Actually, dad was born in um, Portland. My grandmother, Viola Sullivan, was from Tillamook. And so um, they were living in Valdez. And I think my grandmother was then visiting in Portland and, and then had to stay in, you know, so many months to, to, to the end of her uh, pregnancy. And so she had dad in Portland. And then dad grew up in Valdez. He grew up with uh, the Cuddies and Kelsey's and yeah, all sorts of old Valdezans. So, then, then he came to Anchorage when he was. He um he actually went to Fairbanks. He was a truck driver, so he was working for Consolidated Freightways and um, doing truck there. Um, during the 1940s, though, he worked on the Alcan Highway. Um, oh, he worked at the Kennecott Mine, really, oh, which wow. was a real Jeez. big deal. I I um. Kind of interesting, just talking about my dad here for a second, but uh, I know in the last couple of years of of his life, he, his health was not good. And unfortunately, his vocal cords were damaged during a surgery, and his voice was never the same. Oh, jeez. Oh, and I kept, you know, telling my brothers and, and uh, sister, I said, we need to record dad, we need to get stories, you know, so that we can record it for, for future Chrono- chronological historical no, reasons, good, right? Really good idea. And yeah. so we did not do that. And uh, part of it was that he didn't want to do it, and the other part was he didn't have his voice. So, uh, oh, I don't know. A couple months later, I was looking through something on the internet, and um, the university system had done an interview with Dad when he was uh, at the anniversary for the Kennecott Mine. All the Kennecott kids came back for some big. 50th anniversary of some type and so they interviewed dad for like 45 minutes there was his voice again it was really really cool and so you just found it online yeah yeah just out of the blue and it is still online it's it's a uaa interview and dad talked about you know growing up in valdez working at the kennecott mine when he was 15 he was actually too young to be there working but he kind (laughs) of kind of slid in and they said, "Well, we 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 think you're younger, and you're supposed to be." Oh no, no, I'm 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 here. I'm working. And they found out later he was 15, and the hiring <laughs> age was like 16 or 17. But but my dad was pretty pretty big, broad-shouldered, you know, guy. They called him um, Big Red when he was a marshal in Nenana. But but the guy was a worker, and he worked the mine there for several years, and um, yeah, worked, know, worked, worked, worked really that. super hard. So I mean, at some point he came to Anchorage, right, and he became he did mayor. Yep. Yeah, so he's on the big mural there in downtown Anchorage, right? No, he's not. He's not one of the guys up there. No, Those... isn't that interesting? I don't know why he's not on there. Oh, I thought that. I thought that, I thought one of them was. Oh, I could, I've always no. thought one of them was him on the, on the end. Yeah, I don't think so though. I don't know who did that mural. Isn't that a cool so piece? Par- parking though? garage there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but he um, 
Uh, gosh. So in 59, that's when I was born in Fairbanks. Oh, statehood. Yeah, sure. statehood baby. And so then dad was working for Consolidated Freightways, and they opened a, a management spot in Anchorage and transferred him down. So then we moved in shortly thereafter uh, down to Anchorage. And so that's where I was raised. I never had to deal with those super cold Fairbanks winners. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You kidding me? Oh, I can't. 40 I was, below. I was there once at 40 below. I said, oh my God, I can't. <laughs> so he was, when was he mayor? In the 70s, 70s um, right? 1967 to 1980. Wow. That's a yeah, long... 1981, I guess it was. So a long time. Like I said, all my growing up years. So what was it like yeah. being in school? Like, oh, dad's the mayor. Huh? Oh, I get teased. I can't get in trouble. You know? <laughs> oh, no, I get teased. People people weren't very kind to me at times. Really? And, like, oh, like, oh, spoiled... Like they that. thought that, yeah. yeah. And, you know, we we're a big family and we stuck together and we were a good, hardworking Irish Catholic family. And so, you know, for us growing up, it was it was a lot of sports, a lot of church, a lot of, um, oh, just you name it, right? Whatever we wanted to do, mom would make sure we could do it. And, mm-hmm. you know, she was one of those that liked to sew clothes and uh, very much, um, she was a wonderful first lady, first of all. You know, um, very gracious, very kind, but tell you what, also raising nine kids at the same time is pretty tough work. So that's probably, I can't even imagine. I'm a, <laughs> I, have, I have friends with a couple of kids, and I'm, I'm I go over and hang out for a couple hours. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is it's exhausting. This is a right? lot. This is a lot, lot to deal with. So yeah. when you guys were kids, did did, did you guys think, oh, Dan's going to be mayor? At some, at some no, point? no, not at all. Fo- follow Dad's footsteps? Nope, not at all. Nope, I didn't see it. Re- oh, really? Um, not to say that he wasn't fantastic as the mayor of Anchorage, but I, I didn't see him going in that direction. But then when he ran for the Anchorage, uh, you know, assembly, then I saw him working there and I thought, ah, this is where he needs to be. So, and he did graduate with a, you know, poli sci degree from U of O. So yeah, that was there. I just, again, I just hadn't seen it. Oh, so. well, this has been, uh, we're, it's been about... 40 30 33 minutes oh like nice the, interview some, thank sometimes, you sometimes they go quick sometimes you do it with people <laughs> and you're like all right let's wrap it up all yeah. right sounds good this has been great though yeah no and the, the view i gotta say the fourth floor this is this is the action floor if i ever get elected you know to it's nice thing. to have you here too i i appreciate your perspective i appreciate you um finding information that maybe no one else is looking for oh, thanks. and it's, uh, getting it out there to the masses i think is important uh, it's not always easy to find, but the, the more I've been doing this, the more people find me with uh, tips and you know information. So just be, just don't be one of those guys that does the gotcha. That's all I can I, say. I, I, I mean, I, I don't. Know? People, some, I think some people think that about me. I don't. Uh, I don't no, try to. Do and that. I don't think that about you. I'm just saying. I'm, no, I'm I, giving you motherly advice, I, aren't I? <laughs> I, I, I try to. Um, you know, on certain stories, they're important and they're and they're they require a lot of investigation and there's serious well, and other, that's other... what i appreciate about you that's why i'm that's why i'm saying you you do dig in there and you get the information that maybe others don't so i, I gave you the loose unit bumper sticker but i don't think you're ever <laughs> some people have the capacity to be the loose unit i don't think you have uh, i hope not i don't I'm, usually go that way i'd be shocked i'm, at, if you, I'm a little stubborn but yeah I'm, I'm not a loose unit i'd be shocked if you <laughs> if, if you were ever if you were ever that well um representative Sullivan leonard thank you very yep. much it's been a great podcast and, okay. uh, and i gotta say the the, the day here in the view is just uh, outstanding. Hey, so come by any time. Worked, worked out well. Come room have fo- coffee with me. Come look at the view. We'll room talk fo- talk more. Room four twenty. That's don't, right. Don't do anything else. Just just coffee, right? No other no other dr- <laughs> no other drugs. Hey, it's four twenty. Uh, yeah, <laughs> coming up here in about one more thing. I was going to ask you. You think it's sure. going to go over to 
A lot of people are saying it's going to go to 121 days and maybe longer. Uh, regarding the session, you know, because we had such a late start, I, I can't see why we wouldn't go to 120. So that's right? a, We're still in catch-up mode. Get, getting so. into May. Yeah. Be well, that's you, okay. I'm here to work. Do you know we'll weather gets real nice in the summer? So. It does. <laughs> well, I want to thank you again for doing the podcast. And uh, Yeah, my pleasure. Thank we'll you for asking me. See you around the Capitol. And folks, if you have an idea for a podcast or want to do a podcast, um, get a hold of me. We'll, we'll talk to you next time. Landline.